Welcome to Behind the Sims. At SaberSim, we're a team of professional gamblers, data scientists, and sports nerds building the best DFS optimizer and sports betting model on the market. This podcast is a behind-the-scenes look at how we do it. Every episode is an unedited recording of our team's actual conversations as we research, analyze, and iterate our way to answering the tough questions in DFS and sports betting. Whether we're answering questions like what's the best way to build your bankroll, analyzing different ways to diversify, or even building new models, we're going to share it all right here and we aren't holding anything back. If you're ready to go deep into what it really takes to win, then this is a podcast for you. All right, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Sims. It's been a while since I've done one of these, so excited to to jump back behind the mic. How's it going, guys? It's good. What's up, Andy? Excited to be I'm back actually, on it. This is going to be the my... first one as well. Right, so... that's exactly what I was just going to say, my Behind the Sims debut. Yeah, exactly. So Andrew just joined the team uh, It's the end of August, um, kind of like a utility player right now, helping out and support, helping out with, with some model work and marketing as well. So just want to really just throw them right into everything. And he's had a lot of success with Sabersim and has been a power user for a while. And so what we're actually hoping to do today is something that you guys know I've been working on for a while. It's just like creating more of a, a framework uh, for how to use Sabersim. Um, and went down a pretty big rabbit hole with that, but happy with where we netted out. Um, but it's trying to figure out, okay, if you have no process at all, I have some ideas on how to get started. If you're using an optimizer, have some ideas of like easy tweaks you can make to just keep doing your process for the most part, um, but flip around the order a little bit and, and you're going to be able to get more of a shortcut with SaberSim. But haven't done as much for the people who have already a, pro a SaberSim process. Um, and so that's what I want to dig into more with, with you guys because I feel like you both have well-developed processes processes with SaberSim. Um, to, I haven't put out the video yet, giving like the summarized version of the stuff I put together for like people who are coming from a traditional optimizer or anything. So I'll just like very quickly give like the bullet points of that. Um, and basically first thing, upload your entries, then Throughout all of this, one of the main ideas is just making, like asking why you're doing what you're doing, figuring out what value it adds, and figuring out also when you start getting diminishing returns. And it's that last part that I think we're going to dig into a lot on this call. Um, and so, what we've talked about doing is just get in the big picture. Uh, ideas, your strongest opinions up front, run a build, see, again, focusing first on the big picture stuff, meaning teams, stacks, whatever else, uh, make sure you agree with that before worrying about individual players. And then once you're, you like what you see, that's when you should start worrying about the details and making the adjustments there. Um, obviously more to it than that, but that's really the, the overview. Does that line up with kind of what, what I've talked about with you, you guys You made before. a comment saying make your strongest opinions up front. Mm -hmm. That seems like a risky 
thing. Um, yeah. So, what do you? I guess you want to expand. A well, if on you have strong opinions and they're wrong, then you're really at risk of a high negative ROI day. But if you wait to put your strongest opinions into step three, at least you're a little safer knowing that these lineups were already built without these biases. Yeah. So maybe strong opinions, not the right word. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. Cause like the idea in my opinion is like, yeah, if you can have a bad opinion, um, but if it, you hold it really strongly, it doesn't matter what we like, we're not going to convince you otherwise. Um, and so that's more what I'm saying. And I think we can give context like throughout just saying, look, like question your opinions and, and don't just like immediately jump to these conclusions, but you've got opinions and, and like, I'm not going to change it right now. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a great way of telling people like what a good opinion is versus a bad one. Because if there was and like, that would just be a lot easier. Um, but I think, yeah, it's important to mention, like, be careful, um, like test your opinions, question your opinions. And that's also where SaberSim, because we're more of like uh, an advisor than just a tool. Um, I think that's where SaberSim can help because it can help you question those opinions. Like if you have a dramatic disagreement with us, it's not to say that we are right and you're wrong, but that's something you should look into. Um, yeah, so maybe I'll, I'm making a note that that's a good distinction to make. Um, any thoughts on that, Jordan? Yeah, I definitely get where Andrew's coming from. I think it is important that we still stress that up front, though, because there are people are always going to have some opinions in that way. Like if somebody's going to have a better overall experience and probably a better result if they just know for a fact they want 100% of something that they put that in up front. Um, I think we can also give some general recommendations on like what those strong opinions maybe should or I mean, maybe be. So honestly, then maybe we just say, do a build, a test build, like you kind of positioned it before, like a build without changing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you, if you already have your opinions, awesome. Mm-hmm. See what our opinions are and then maybe do a bit more digging yeah. into the disagreements. Uh, but if you still hold them firmly, like then tell us those ones up front. Um, and I, that, I think okay. that's that wise. really good. Yeah, I like the idea of telling people to do that first build. I think also we, like, especially as we're talking about a more advanced user, um, somebody that are, like, that is a little bit more familiar and and is leveling up, there are probably things that that person will learn about their process that they don't need to run a test build every time to do. Like, I don't need a test build every single time anymore to know that I have, like, a baseline stacking rule I want to use for football and baseball, for example. Um, that's a strong opinion that I just like have and will do. Um, but I think 
our general process, yeah, it makes sense to say run the test build first to to see what what maybe you want to do or where your strong opinions are. Yeah. So then maybe it's not no change. I think I can still give some nuance without um, being too complicated, but like it's fundamentals. It's not like saying you're not making judgments on mm -hmm. players or teams, but like I could add, let me, I'll share my screen, even if it doesn't do too much. Okay, let me toss it up in here. And so like one of the things that I often will do is just kind of minimize chances of messing something up because I'm mm -hmm. not going to go over it with a fine tooth comb and I don't have a ton of insight into individual players and things that are off. Like I, I, I let our guys do that uh, with the model. Um, but I would do like my own greater than three um and that to me is not nothing Saberstrom shows me is going to make me like change that mm -hmm. um sure i could do a build and just not get any of those players in there but i know this is not a slate specific thing this is something i know i want every time um yeah, so yeah maybe it's like non-slate specific adjustments can be made and i think that's honestly maybe we just say broad player pool filters but not individual players um and then stack types um yeah that's a good path yeah okay um yeah i think positioning it just as like this isn't the place for your your player or team takes because i think like this would include things like the new the new rules when when those come out as well like there are going to be players that have a baseline set of rules that they always use. Um, that I yeah, the, the things that you do every slate. Um, mm -hmm. Right, stuff generic. Slate. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, so we do that. That gives you a better idea of the opinions. Then you can go back in. Um, do some research, I guess, to question the opinions, validate them, whatever, then you can give us more specifics. But even then, it's really meant to be like an iterative process because mm -hmm. I think people often just jump into the weeds way too early. And with SaberSim, it's not that you'll never get to that spot. Like there, we, we do want to emphasize that yeah, you have control over this process. You want to make the lineups your own. You're not just clicking a few buttons. But um, a lot of it is just not going to be necessary um, because we're going to have similar views as you mm -hmm. So You don't need to tell us the exact exposure for every single player. Um, the other part is I just think it's just not a great use of time um, because changing one like tweaking say there is some perfect exposure for Devonte adams We're, there's no way to get it exact mm -hmm. so if you're trying to like dial in a very specific number th that it's fruitless effort 
Um, but getting it close is going to give you the vast majority of like the benefit. It's not as though, like say that number is, and this is completely random stuff, but like say that number is, is 30%, 31%, and you're have 40% or you have 25%, whatever, like that's close enough where I don't think getting from 25% to 28% is really going to have a meaningful impact on EV. But those are the kind of like tinkering decisions that people spend a ton of time on. Um, and I think if you want to strive for perfection, that's fine. But like save that stuff for the end. Does that idea make sense to you guys? I think so. And I, I mean, to me, I think at the end of the day, the exposures adjustments are going to be more about risk tolerance than EV. And so I think like we should in general kind of push people in the direction of like have, have an understanding of your risk tolerance based on your skill level, how much bankroll that you're comfortable wagering, your overall like style of play, but don't spend too much time overthinking it from there. Like I have a rough idea most of the time when I do my builds that I'm going to diversify my exposures a bit more than I might get by default, but I don't spend a ton of my time trying to dial in every single player exposure like that. Cause I, I don't really think that is the place for, at that point you can't increase lineup quality because the lineups are already made. So you are just like literally just like diversifying at that point. Okay. Um, yeah, so looking at the process, it's basically upload the entries, obviously, but um, tell us your fundamental uh, rules, mm -hmm. um, the things that you're going to apply to every single slate. This doesn't, it's not about teams, it's not about players. It might be about the entire player pool. You do that. Obviously, put in that applies to this screen as well, putting mm -hmm. in the settings there. Um, and build at that point is when I'll probably like start while it's running, just give a bit of context around why this works, because this is honestly, like I'm trying to make just a more practical video for people who are already in Saberson, whether it's during a trial or they they're a customer. And so I'm really trying not to do a ton of like theoretical justification of here's why this is important and everything else. Um, right. And I'm not trying to pitch SaberSim super hard either because they're already here. Um, but I still think it's value to give a bit re, even if it's, they know it, it's just to emphasize what makes us different and talk about that during this. Um, but the only change I'm making is I think it's like, okay, then you do your research. Um, and if you, if you don't have time, you don't know how to do research, like that's fine, but it's like, it comes at this stage. Um, so before making adjustments, you want to just like, look at it all, confirm, like test your assumptions, figure out what you want to change, then make big picture changes first before even thinking about players. Um, and really the only other thing to add, like then you just keep refining it and then you're only getting to the details once you agree with the direction it's going. Um, that makes it so that like when you, if you do want to tinker, which I think a lot of people like enjoy that process and that's fine. 
Um, but it makes sure that you have the, the most important stuff done first. Um, and like you were saying, Jordan, too, it's that you're, if you're doing it at this stage, like the lineups have been built. So we're not like building new lineups based on the tinkering. Mm -hmm. um, so you got to make sure that the lineups themselves are good that we're, you're selecting from. Um, but yeah, like if, if you veer too far off at any stage, send it all back to the projection screen and do a new build because it's again, like I think that can be a checkpoint of, all right, like, am I going too far with this or should I keep going this way? And if you want to keep going with it, that's fine. We'll just kind of need a new map to get there. So send that to yeah. the projection screen, get a new build. And with those as some, like basically when that, there should be an update coming out. I don't know about today, but early next week. Um, that makes that expanding lineup pool process a lot simpler um, and more understandable. Um, but we're basically saying like, hey, like we can't get where you're trying to go from here. Uh, there's just like no way for us to get there. Um, make sure you want to go there. And if you do, all right, let's start over. But tell us like exactly where you're trying to go up front or at least give us more clues up front. Um, because you're, you could run into that before you're even super detailed in into this, like before you're even tweaking individual players, like you could be making team and stack adjustments, not be able to get what you're looking here and send back uh, to the projection screen. Couldn't we Does increase the pool sense? size before, even before doing that? Cause I think yeah, most people are building on 500, right? We can do up to three times that. You mean the default pool size? Yes. Um, I think there's a balance where once you know that the we've got the big picture in place, I think it can make sense to then do a bigger build. But I don't know if, like, if you have to have a because I think there's value just in having a bigger pool of lineups to choose from. Once you're saying, okay, these lineups are good. I now need to like figure out which ones I want. Um, but it almost, I think can hurt getting the lineups to like a good spot because if you have to build a ton of lineups to figure out, to, to find matches to what you're doing here, it's saying that the assumptions we use to build your initial pool don't really line up with what you're trying to get us to do right now um does that make jordan that you does get make sense okay yes okay if you give them, yeah if you give the builder those inputs you should get more of what you're looking for higher up in your pool right exactly like, like, like i think that to me it's a that's a sign that we needed better directions earlier in the process it's a sign that like we're getting lost um and if we can't find them right away, if we need a bigger pool. And so I don't think it's one of those things where you should only build 150, but I wouldn't push the pool up until you're like, all right, like what I see here, let's get into the details. Um, do we maybe then, this kind of is making me think that we change how this is 
structured a bit where it's like less about distinct stages um, and more just saying, get your, get it so that you like your lineup pool, then worry about picking your lineups from that is kind of what we're saying, right? Like, that was what you were getting at before, Jordan, is that you got to make sure, like, the lineups themselves are good yeah. before worrying about the exact exposures. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. And, I mean, it's not a big leap for us. We've we've been saying for a long time that the pool is viable. Uh, and I think that's true, especially for a more beginner Meaning player. Meaning the that, pool is, has, like, viable lineups. Yes, viable lineups in it. But I think for the more level-up content... I think we can kind of position that almost as, you know, your first step should be making sure that the pool is viable for you, that that you have taken our foundation, uh, added your extra stuff and created a good pool for your lineups. Then you're fine tuning from there and, and going through your lineup selection process. We give you viable lineups in the pool. You then make them yours and make sure like they're going in the, the direction you want mm -hmm. to go. Once you are happy with the lineups, then you can focus more on the details. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, I think we more phrase it that way and don't talk as much about distinct stages because there will part of that, I think, is going to have things to do with, in, like, you might be changing some individual exposures before you like the the makeup of the lineups. Yeah, agreed. Like, if there's someone you don't, you're not getting any of, and you want, you're going to change them. But I mean, don't do that before making sure you are having at least the right stacks tech types and, and teams and games and all that stuff but like you still it might take until that step to really get what you're looking for there um mm -hmm. so it's like first figure out what you need to tell us to get a pool of lineups you like then send all of that to the projection screen do a new build with a bigger pool and and that's when you get things dialed in Yeah. yeah, I agree. Your strongest takes should be sent back to step one. Not even the strongest, screen. I guess. What I'm saying is, like, I think this is where it gets a little murkier. But, yes, yeah, not even necessarily the strongest takes. I think you want to start with those. But whatever it does take for you to be happy with the lineups that are in your pool. Um, because telling us that like figuring out okay like these are the exposures i'm looking for but more like these are the teams and, and everything else once you have that where you like it we should then build a fresh pool specifically like targeting those numbers and i don't think when i say targeting those numbers i don't mean like an exact number but targeting whatever parameters you gave us to get the lineups there because you were we basically gave you like a rough draft 
and you're marking it up and everything and like, yeah, sure. You can write in the margins and use a different color pen and, and like fill it out. Mm -hmm. But it's probably going to be better to just like start over with everything that you've done there. It's not like you're throwing it all out. It's saying, okay, these are the changes you made. Yeah, we kind of hacked the initial pool to get what you're looking for. But why don't we build you a fresh pool like knowing this, knowing all this up front? I think that makes sense for users who are opinionated. And the more opinionated, the more it makes sense to me. But I feel like there's like a subset of users and we'll get questions like on office hours where it's like, are we adding too much of the human element or are we tinkering too much? And I think that some people will want to more trust what they're given as opposed to tinker, send back, and rebuild with somewhat of preset exposures. Well, I think that's okay. Like, I think if, if somebody's like, I don't want to mess anything up, I'm not sure if what I'm doing is right, then, then that maybe person doesn't make as many changes or does make more changes just after a first build and kind of goes with that. I, I think anybody sending something back to the projections tab at that point is kind of like, I don't know, writing in a permanent marker there of like, I, this is what I want to do. I, I know this is my angle and I want a better pool to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, one of the big things I'm trying to get better at is creating content that is not trying to speak to everybody. Um, and that we dial things in to more specific personas. Um, I think it's important to know what other people might, what questions may come up and everything else for, from other types of, of subscribers, but I don't think we will need to cover it here. And so I, it's really like, okay, if, if you have a process, awesome follow it. Like, you know what you, like, you know what you, a good lineup pool looks like, whether it's, you know, that by actually looking at the individual lineups or by exposures, whatever else, like, you know, what you're going for there. Here's the best way of doing it. Get to that spot, send once you're there, do a new build, then tinker. Um, if you don't know what makes a lineup pool good, we'll have another video that's like the it's almost i was originally gonna call it yeah like leveling up your skills and it, it does cover that but it's almost more just giving people a foundation uh if they don't have one right now um and i think yeah separate video on that stuff but for the first video it'll just be geared towards people who know what the ultimate result like roughly looks like. Does that make sense, guys? Makes sense to me, yeah. And I mean, the way I'm thinking about this is like if somebody had this build in front of them and they knew that they wanted to fade the Raider stacks completely on this week, they will get a better result, at least in the lineup quality, by Xing them out here making any other changes they want to do, sending that back, and then rebuilding, then taking 
the leftovers from this build that don't include the Raider stacks. So I think that even just from a product standpoint is the right way to push the power user because that the, the result is going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. And so it's, we give you viable lineups, you figure out what adjustments have to be made for you to be happy with the pool during that process. You may need to start over again uh, mm -hmm. or not start over, but like do a fresh build. Um, because if, if we start veering off too much, it's not to say um, you're wrong, but like, I, I don't, I don't want it to come across as though you're only going to have to, you're going to make all of your changes here and then you do a new build. Like, I think there could be the more opinions you have, the more steps you're likely yeah. to have to have in place, um, like the more new builds and that's fine. And just more telling people like, that's okay. Um, yeah. And I, I think we should, and I think you mentioned this at the start, but we should probably change that message that pops up when you like exceed your pool to make that feel less like that's what I'm saying is, is going to be changing. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. It's part of the update. That's like very close to ready. Cool. Um, yeah. It's like emphasizing that sending the projections to the home screen. And I want to have better, a better term for that, but that's what it is now. So sending them to the home screen and doing a new build doesn't mean you broke anything like that is it like your process should use that unless you just like, agree with us well. for sure but like it's not like it's not necessarily a bad thing if you if you run into that and you don't know what you're doing yeah that's probably not good um mm -hmm. it could be good it could be bad but like there's no way of knowing and so if you know where you're trying to go you should expect to go through a few cycles of that. It's more like a, a, a an alert for people who don't know what what not don't know what they're doing, but are just kind of doing more random tinkering and like oh like I, I don't know what to do here. Like should I do this? Should I do that? And they just make a bunch of random adjustments and then see that like uh oh like I don't know what to do here. And it's like well if you feel strongly in the direction you're trying to go send the projections to the home screen, mm -hmm. do a new build. If you don't, probably just stop. Um, yeah, okay. And do you think it's worth... I think we just suggest, it doesn't need to be a major point, but yeah, like once you get to that spot where you're happy with a pool, you then send it back, do a new build, but do it with a larger pool. I feel like that's just can't be a bad suggestion, right? That makes sense to me. It's not a bad suggestion at all. No, I think it's like actively good, but I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, I can see like Jordan? potentially people just getting confused on like when they should increase the size of their pool. Like they're not going to know ahead of time how many builds they're going to have to do to get where they're going. And I don't think they need to know how many they're going to like, what would know? 
you don't need to know up front how many builds you're going to do. It's more like when you're happy with the lineup pool, let's get you a bigger one. Oh, and yeah. That, that makes sense. going to be different. Yeah. That spot's going to be different for everybody. Coming yeah, at that, that from another angle, what do you think about when you're doing your test and making your adjustments before sending the exposures home to do that with a bigger pool and then drop the pool closer to 500? Because why would you need so many builds now that you're already telling us what you want? Wouldn't you be able to work from a smaller pool? You wouldn't if... if if your goal was to get exactly the exposures that you put in, and I don't want this to seem as though like we're only saying change exposures. I think that's like a small part of it mm -hmm. um, for, for players at least. But like, I don't think we should tell people to get like super precise, but theoretically, I like, guess if you had exactly what you're looking for, you don't need extra lineups. Um, but I think there is value in having a broader pool to pick from, um, like it cannot hurt. Um, other than assuming you don't put in so many that you don't have time to actually complete the build. It's not as though say we build, uh, we did this build with 500 lineups in the pool. We did another with 1500 lineups. This isn't exactly true, but it's just a, just like assume sim precision and everything else like doesn't matter. So like you're getting the same lineups each time. Like in that second build, you would still have those first 500 lineups in it. So if those were better and those were all you need, like you'd still get them. We're not taking them away. Um, but it's likely, in my opinion, that there's going to be some as you get deeper into like the ranking of lineups there's going to be some trade-offs that could be worth making like the 1500th lineup isn't necessarily worse than the like the 900th lineup um mm -hmm. and even if it is it's not as though it replaces the other one um do, do you get what I'm saying just that their ev is so similar is the short version of what i'm understanding kind of yeah i think ultimately what it comes down to is that there is no like perfect measure of expected value of a lineup there's lots of variables involved and and, and it just you couldn't easily quantify that and so we have to find other metrics to rank the lineups by and those metrics are going to be imperfect and so if going back to what you were saying before it's less about the precision on the settings and more about the lack of precision at uh, precision not the right the lack of uh accuracy with the ranking that causes this problem. Because if the ranking were perfect, you would not need to build extra. Um, but it's not 
perfect. Um, and I guess going even further, the only time you would not need to build extra is if we built them in the exact right order. And I think directionally, that's true. Like, I think it is precise in that sense. Um, but it's not as though the top lineup, uh, I mean, the, once you get out of the top, I think like the 50th lineup, 50th Beth's lineup is probably not going to be the 50th one that was built. And so if that's the case, which I believe it is, that's why having a bigger pool is valuable because you can catch some other ones that might've taken us longer to find when you're building it. Um, yeah, does, I know that was kind of me figuring out in my head as I was talking, um, but like, did that make sense where I ended up? Yeah, yeah I, I think I, so as well. I think so. I think, I think we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole with the pool size here too. I, I think, you know, ultimately telling people, Hey, like you don't need to spend time watching 1500 lineups build until you're getting to the build that you think could be the last one is, is like just a pretty good way of looking at it for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think that was in quite, I think like that's like a separate discussion and it's mm -hmm. more just if a, I, we're basically, I was basically trying to figure out like is building a larger pool like objectively good and why? Um, and I think mm. the answer is yes. And I kind of, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's because the lineups aren't built exactly in the order right. of like the ideal ranking or any ranking really. It's like they, they should be built. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you're confident in your opinion, send and you you need to expand the line of pool send the projections to the home screen and rebuild um if you're not confident ease off like that might be a good stopping point then when you feel like it looks pretty good and that is subjective send it to the home screen and do a larger build um that's basically the summary mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, the last question yeah. I kind of have here is like, so when when does this stop? Like, is the end goal that you have a build where you touch nothing? No. Okay. So like, when would we tell somebody, okay, s stop running new builds? Like... Basically, once you, I don't think we tell them anything different. It's like, it goes back to if, if you need to, if we can't find what you're looking for within the lineup pool, ask yourself how confident you are about the changes that you put in to get you to that spot. And if you agree with them and disagree with us, do a new build um and just so naturally what that would mean is like the less ex generally speaking the less experience a player has 
the sooner they would get to that spot where they're not really sure why they made those last changes or if they're really necessary. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you can't answer that, stop. Like, that's when you're done. If you can and you feel like, no, this is worth it, awesome. Keep going. But like that, that's sort of the idea is, okay. I think that is always like the, the checkpoint of just saying like, Hey, like, do you want to keep going? Like, are like, it almost gives you a signal okay. to just like ask yourself why. Um, okay. So the, we can't match your exposures message is still kind of the flag to go back and run a new one each time. No, no, no. It's a flag to stop and say, do I rank right. that? Like, cause you're not going to do a re like that. That's not what I meant. Uh, I just want to be, make sure I was clear. It's like, if you're confident that the changes you made are important mm -hmm. and you agree with them, then do a new build. If you're not confident, stop like, and don't do a new build. Like you're done. Okay, let me flip it. Let me flip this the other way. So, if you make the changes that you want to make in a build, and you can find lineups that fit them, then you, then you're done. We're not telling people still to send that information back to the home screen and run another one. Um, I thought we were. I thought I thought we were talking about like our second time around. So, so we we do a test build. We put in our all of our. Uh, stacks that we want exposures that we want whatever rules there were and then we send that to the home screen we rebuild and then in this second working build we decide or the user decides if the lineups that they're getting they're comfortable with if they get to the we can't match your exposures then that's a point where they stop and say are these additional changes i'm making worth me going back and rerunning another build or am i okay with these lineups yeah i mean i think we're just complicating this a lot um like it i think the person we're targeting in this video like that's not a question that they're going to have um and if they do, that's fine. But like the answer is not, this is one of those like detailed things that just doesn't have a huge outcome. It's kind of like what I was talking before, but like, if you know the exact correct number, getting close to it is going to be like pretty good. And getting just a little bit closer doesn't make much of a difference. Whereas with this case, like, I think the easiest way is just saying like, yeah, keep going through that process until you're happy with what you see. I do okay. think once you're happy with what you see, there is value in doing like a final build that's bigger. Um, but if you've been, if you've already gone through a few cycles, it's not as though that final pool is that much different than the previous one. Like that, that's sort of the, the point is that um, you're already pretty damn close to it. So it can't hurt to run another one but it's not necessary it's just like there's diminishing returns there as well because you've already gotten so close to that but like the only time i would say that's not true is if you build a really big pool but only want a small number of lineups um because then like 
it could be your actual opinions are very different than ours, but we were still able, we just built so many and we we're looking so few that we we're still able to like match it. I don't think that that's necessarily good. Um, but broadly speaking, it does seem like the, it's just not, you're going to be very close if you've been following this process. And like, if you want to do a last one, last one, awesome, but you don't need to. Okay. Yep. I'm on board. I think the pool stuff complicates it more than is necessary. Um, because then it adds that other question like, Oh, when do I start building with a bigger pool? It's like, well, when you're like pretty happy with things, it's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. So I on like I think and it, it doesn't make that big of a difference in time. Um like I think you should be mindful of how much time you have until lock and make sure you're building an appropriately sized pool for that. Um but Um, the, the complexity it adds to the framework I don't think is worth the benefit it gets like if it takes you 30 seconds extra for each of those builds that's just not a big deal um, so and that's like a worst case scenario is if you just start with a huge pool right from the beginning it takes a little bit longer um, and that's just like it's not I don't think it's worth people like constantly like messing with that. So I think we just say like, yeah, build a big pool. Yeah. Um, I always build 1500 on everything I run. Cause I just think it's easier than worrying about how big I want it to be. And it's the, that's the biggest size I can run. So yeah, exactly. Like, like I think if there were an, if you could build a infinitely large pool, then you would have to be more conscious of these trade-offs. You can right, and so and the maximum you can build doesn't take that much longer. So just like build the maximum. Um, that being said, like I think if yeah, if, if you as like the nuance take, it's like all right, like building five hundred is fine. Like it's not as though, like this is gonna be bad. And so if you know you're just trying to get a general feel for it in the beginning, mm -hmm. you can build a smaller one. But like it's just not an important decision really. Yeah, and know when you are under the gun with like a time crunch. Like that happens sometimes in NBA or something like that where I do do 500 because I've got like two minutes to get lineups in. So, right. Right. So it's basically always build the biggest pool you can with the time you have. Yeah. That's a rule of thumb that I think is accurate. It's not like perfectly accurate, but it almost never, it, it can't steer anyone wrong. And I think it's like pretty good, it's very good. And so I think that's just when it's like, we just say that's what you do. Um, yeah, okay. So then really what the process is I almost think it's tell us 
yeah, just tell us the stuff, the fundamentals that you're putting in for every slate. Tell us that. Do a build. Adjust until you get it the way you want it to look. Within that, you're going to go back and forth between um, and, and do new builds by sending to the projections back, doing a fresh one to get just like closer there. Um, and that's the checkpoint to like make sure you're not going too far. Um, and again, this is for people who know like this is not going to be helpful for someone who's really just getting started and doesn't have opinions right. on like what this looks like. And that's okay. I think it's going to be relatively straightforward to give some uh, guidelines there. Um, but if we're assuming that they know what they have things that they are looking for specifically to decide if they're happy with the lineups or not, then I don't think we need to be more specific in this like we can just say like here's a framework like just start there tell us biggest things up front keep adjusting um and when you hit a wall send it all back and, and start over uh but just like make sure you should keep going that's basically it mm -hmm. yep um all right and i know we don't want to drag this on longer like i'm very comfortable with like that simplified version um but to just touch on the ideas of leveling up your, your skills if you don't have a clear picture of what to look for there. Um, I mean, I think what you're looking for are outliers. Um, it's not practical to just comb through every individual player and every individual lineup. Um, so you're looking for outliers because getting those in line, uh, getting those like, yeah, more in line is good. <laughs> like that's, that's going to have the biggest impact. Um, if you have a lot of, not even a lot, but if you have more skill, you can create your own measuring stick for what is an outlier and what's not. And a lot of that's just like based on, experiences based on research, whatever. Um, and if you don't, I think we just like leverage is definitely the easiest measuring stick to use. Um, and then it's like, okay, we're saying I have 75 percentage points more exposure to this player than the field does as far as ownership goes is that good or bad like kind of like i don't know like if, if you don't have an opinion on that okay here's how to think about it um to disagree with the market you need to feel pretty strongly can you find a reason to support that through your research what does that look like i don't know you can listen to podcasts. You can do other things. But like there, there is going to be some parts that are more art than science. Um, if you don't know where to begin, getting closer to the ownership number can't be bad. Um, I do think you, you're inherently to match the field. You take advantage of wisdom of the crowds, but 
you then don't really differentiate from the crowd. Um, and that's not perfectly true because if you can, if you use those exposures better than right. the field in how you build your lineups, you can get an edge. Um, but you're you're giving up. Your ceiling is lower. Whether that matters is a separate question. Um, but getting a line with a field just can never be bad. So that's like an easy thing to suggest. Um, don't want to keep going on this. Like, does that seem like the right direction? I think that's the right direction. And I think it makes a lot of sense just going back and forth on it. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's like a good baseline to start thinking about leveling up. I like, I think that is where it gets to the more art than a science thing. And I think we can give we some can still give a decent, thoughts. some decent yeah. science, which is kind of like what I laid out is like, okay, look at leverage. Okay. How do you adjust from there? Well, here's the things you could look at, but if you're not sure what to do with that, getting it closer to this is going to be like, just do that. Like that's a, a starting point. And then you can work on building your more uh, subjective, the, like the more art part of the of the process. Like there's no right or wrong answer. That's something mm -hmm. you've got to figure out. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? No, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I think... I think like the next gap that gets jumped here gets into like some more specific, like we could almost do have some more sports specific kind of like strategy stuff of like, here's like what's next of like some different things can that you can start to examples? look at. So like, I think you could, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Um, like, I mean, another thing that comes to mind is. Well, I just don't get what you mean. And it's hard for me to like, under, like what would be a sports specific thing? So like in, so like, in, okay. So like in NBA, you might start building in some more like late swap flexibility in okay. your lineups. Like not mm -hmm. because that's a sport where that like frequently, it doesn't always create an edge and it doesn't like, it's not like a huge alert when the, like the edge is available, but like, I don't know if you, you've played NBA for a while, you can like kind of start pushing maybe, there's a lot of ways to do it, but getting more exposure to guys playing in later games to give yourself more late swap optionality. But there's a lot of like slate dependence there. Like that's something that you would kind of like, almost like teach over time to somebody. Um, like, I don't know, a very like NFL showdown-y kind of thing is I think people get way too hooked on recent results. Like I think there was an edge last night by playing Mike Williams more because he had a terrible week one. And like, that's. So those are very, so I'm not disagreeing with any of it. Like I agree with all of it, but those are just to me opposites um, because one is art, one is science. We can say, as you get deeper in any of it, you're always going to get to the subjective, like there's going to be more yeah. of those art components. But like the example you just gave of a specific player, that's a slate specific thing. It's like, there's not a rule of thumb we can give that's going to work there. And so it's like, you can give examples of the kind of things that like your own research process 
developed, like the way you came to those opinions. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's we can give much to help people like create those opinions themselves. Yeah. Whereas for late swap, we can for we can go a bit deeper with it of just like more rules of thumb around um, making sure you have opportunities for it later, making sure you have the time. And just a lot of it is literally just doing it. You get, well, you get all the value from um, just late swapping without a ton of intentionality. No, but you'll get a lot of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I feel like those are two different paths. I agree. Those examples make sense to me. Um, but it's just being mindful of art versus science. Um, and like on the art stuff, it's fine. We should point people in the right direction, but we don't want them to feel like they have to do all of that now. Um, yeah. Cause like you can, I think that's the thing to emphasize is like focusing just on the science. You can be a winner at basically mm -hmm. all stakes as the stakes go up. Yeah, you need better and better science, but we can teach enough that's like going to get you pretty far. And so I think that's like the distinction that that will be important to make is you don't need to be a creative artist. Okay, yeah. But but you can if you want to experiment with that awesome, but like yeah, that's not I, I think that's the stuff we were going to not get into as much. Okay. I'm I'm good with that cuz that stuff is way harder to create content for anyway. So everyone's art is different, right, Jordan? Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing is that like, yeah, I don't think there's a right thing to do there. Some things can be better than others, but it's hard to even know. Um, yeah. Okay. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? No, no. I like where the framework is going. Awesome. Yeah, and so I would just say, I think next steps for me will be um, get a simplified version of the framework out, then get more of an outline in place for the leveling up stuff and probably go over it one more time with you guys before publishing that video. I don't know that we'll do it on Behind the Sims, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, hope this was kind of interesting for, for people uh, listening or, or watching um, this. This is something we, we, we do take seriously of, of the content and strategy and just figuring out ways that we can help people get better um, without making it something like you need to depend on us. We really focus on the principles, the, the fundamentals, the things that a lot of people frankly do get wrong and, and that getting them right can give you an edge. Um, but we're not going to give you the opinions. And, and that often makes this content hard to create. And that's where these kind of discussions are, are helpful. So hopefully this was interesting. Uh, definitely be on the lookout for some new videos covering uh, some of our summarized thoughts. Uh, those should be coming out pretty soon. But yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Yep. See ya. See ya.